why the heck should we accept anything painful in our lives? Why would I want to accept my chronic pain or my other symptoms or my anxiety or sadness or grief or any of it? If this sounds like you know that you are not alone, none of us want any of these feelings or sensations. However, they are a part of life. So today we're going to talk about how to go about accepting them, not liking them, just accepting them so that we can improve our well-being. So let's get started on this week's episode of Chronically Living. I'm Kelsey Harris, chronic illness warrior and psychotherapist. On Chronically Living and how to make the most of it, we're providing tangible ways to improve the well-being of Spoonies. So get ready to make the most out of your life, even with that pesky chronic illness. I know that some people want to run for the hills when they hear the word acceptance, but hear me out on this one, okay, before you start making any decisions. First, what do we mean by acceptance? Well, let's put it this way. Suppose I could give you a choice. Option A, you never have to have this painful feeling or sensation again, but you lose all capacity to love and to care. You care about nothing and no one nothing matters. No one matters. Life becomes meaningless because you don't care about anything whatsoever. And there's option B. You get to love and care. People matter to you. Life matters. You care about what you do and what happens. You care about your family and friends. You get to build loving relationships. Life becomes meaningful. And then when there's a gap between what you want and what you've got, painful feelings and sensations like this one will show up. So which option do you choose? I got this little scenario from ACT clinician Russ Harris, who I've talked about on the show before, and he adapted it from a workshop by Kelly Wilson. This all comes down to the fact that emotions, all of our emotions, including anxiety, sadness, grief, anger, frustration, happiness, joy, excitement, and so on, they are normal. And guess what? Physical pain, that's also normal. This is all part of being human and experiencing what it's like to be human. And here's another way we can look at it. Suppose you love to mountain climb, something you're absolutely passionate about. And one day you set out to climb this mountain that you've heard all these really amazing things about. However, as you approach the mountain, you see that a swamp winds all the way around it. Surprise. (laughs) This information was not told to you at all. But now the only way for you to climb the mountain is to wade through the swamp. So that's what you do. You wade through it. You don't wallow in it. You wade through it because climbing the mountain is important to you. Before we go any further, I'm just going to let you guys know, like as I'm recording this episode, I just moved to a new city. So moving is stressful. We know that this was a really easy move and it was still stressful. (laughs) I'm starting counseling practices. Actually, they're integrated health clinics. So I'm going to be the counselor at two different clinics but I don't have any clients yet as I'm recording this. So that's a bit stressful because I'm like, oh, just moved to this new apartment and I don't know how I'm going to afford it. I'm sure the clients will come. I'm not actually too worried, but you know, these thoughts cross my mind. And of course, and then where I moved to, I was in a drier climate and now I'm in a, a wetter climate and the barometric pressure has totally messed up my symptoms. So now I have like 
had flares and I have swelling and like on the tops of my feet and weird places. So this is just not a fun time. So I'm definitely having a flare and it's just, you know, like it's one of those times in life where what are my choices right now? And I think this, this is really good timing for me to record this episode. And I had planned to record this episode before I even thought, oh, hey, I'm probably going to have a flare because of this move. Oh my gosh. I wish I, I don't know if that thought would have even helped me. So like, go back to the diffusion episode, but this acceptance is really important for me right now because I would not even be able to record this episode if I didn't practice what I'm going to talk to you guys about today. Okay. So here's the problem most of us have with acceptance when we're young and um, by young, I mean like, like children, we're pretty small. It's really common in society for us to hear things like don't cry or, Hey, look on the bright side, turn that frown upside down or big boys don't cry or don't worry or get over it on and on and on. But what does this tell children? It tells them that we can have hundred percent control of our feelings all day. And and this is the big end that our feelings aren't good things that we're supposed to have unless it's happiness. That's the only good feeling. (laughs) So I just want you to think about whether this was your experience growing up. And I'm going to guess that most of you are nodding your heads because this is a very, very normal experience. And what happens is we end up really struggling with our difficult feelings. You know, we've been quote unquote programmed this way, and it can take a really long time for this program to disappear. So we decide to have good feelings. That's quote unquote good feelings. And then there's also that quote unquote bad feelings. And oh yeah, that physical pain thing. That's actually been biologically wired to help us and give us important information, just like our good and bad feelings. But of course, that physical pain, that's just a bad one. So here's where I would just suggest therapy as the route to go. See a counselor, see a psychotherapist, whatever they're called in your region. And, and, you know, that's definitely something I've said in the past. Um, You can even do the self-help section at the bookstore or library. So that's all a good place to start. But I'm going to digress because this is not me recommending you go find a counselor. This is about learning to... Uh, accept our emotions and feelings, sensations. So these emotions and this pain, yes, even this chronic pain doesn't have to be bad. And by that, I am in no way saying that this is good or it feels good or that you have to like it because liking and accepting are actually really different things and the very unrelated things. We can learn to accept these things all the while not liking them. I really don't like being in pain. Like I totally honest, guys, it's really not fun. But instead of that being my experience and therefore resisting pain, you know, by distracting myself or avoiding or stress eating or whatever other things I'm doing that doesn't go along with my values at all, I have learned to accept it. And this is how I'm getting through this flare. But before we go into some of the ways that we can do this, I want to talk a bit more about this acceptance thing. So one thing that often comes up from people is that everything we think and feel controls what we do. And therefore, values-based living is literally impossible. (laughs) So here's the thing. Our thoughts and feelings can influence our actions, for sure. 
Absolutely can influence, but they don't have to control them. So I want you to think about it this way. If our thoughts and feelings actually controlled all of our behavior, every time we thought or said something mean or terrible, or every time we felt angry, or resentful, and we truly did the things that we thought and acted on those feelings, we'd probably be in prison, hospital, maybe wouldn't be alive. The truth is we often have hundreds, even thousands of thoughts that we never act on. We made some choices not to run away or punch someone or quit our job because we had a bad day. If you're able to, so if you're not driving or something like that, and you can do this little activity with me, I want you to try this out. So silently repeat to yourself, I can't lift my arm. Say it over and over and really believe it. Now continue saying it, but at the same time, lift your arm. I'm going to guess that you were able to lift your arm, unless there's, you have some kind of disability where you actually can't, but most of you, I'm assuming, can probably have lifted your arms even while saying, I can't lift my arm. A lot of you probably had a moment of hesitation, though, because you may have momentarily believed that you couldn't. And the same thing works for emotions. We may think we can't get out of bed because we feel depressed. But truthfully, we can still control our bodies and get out of bed. So what does all of that have to do with acceptance? Well, if we can accept our thoughts as just being thoughts and as a normal part of being human, and if we can accept our feelings, both emotional and physical, as part of being human, and, and just acknowledge all of this as our brain's trying to be helpful to us, we are more likely to live this values-based life. Which I mean, it's, it's also ultimately the goal for most of us, right? That's what we want to be able to do. So I could talk about acceptance all day long and I won't because I don't want this to be like a 10 hour episode, but there are a few more components of it that I thought would be worth mentioning. So first is the idea of urge surfing or emotion surfing. And it ties really into what we just talked about. So we think we have to take that drink or eat the ice cream or lie in bed and cry because our urges and emotions are strong and they're telling us to do this stuff. But the same principle applies here. We have the choice to act on the urge or not act on it. So how do we surf these then? And yes, I actually picture myself on a surfboard, which I have been on. <laughs> it's very fun, very hard. So actually the perfect analogy. So first we just need to acknowledge that the urge is there. So I'm having the urge to do X, you know, having the urge to eat ice cream, having the urge to stay in bed. Then we want to reconnect with our values. Will acting on your urge help you be the person you want to be? Live the life you want to live? If you say no, then you're going to, so first, again, observe that urge. Where, where is it in your body? And acknowledge that urge. So I'm having the urge of X. And you're going to breathe into the urge. Just make a little bit of space for it to be there. And this is the fun part. You're going to watch it rise. So it's going to start off slow and it's going to get a little more intense and it's going to crest. It's going to get to the most intense part. And then it's going to fall. And it's not going to be as intense anymore. And you're going to do this while remembering that even when the urge is the most intense, you're actually bigger than it is. So this requires a ton of practice. And uh, I do have a video for this on my YouTube channel, uh, which I'll link in the show notes. So if you guys want to check out 
like how to do it's a meditative version of how to do this, but it's, it's essentially just this. So you could definitely check that out if you want to practice. So if you find you have a lot of urges or your emotions are really, really strong and they're, they're, you know, quote unquote controlling you, it's a good thing to practice. So the second component of acceptance I want to talk about is self-compassion. Now I've done a a whole episode on self-compassion in the past, which you can always go and check out. But I recently attended a conference where Dr. Kristen Neff was the keynote speaker. And Kristen Neff is the leading researcher in the world on self-compassion. So self-compassion can help us with self-acceptance, right? That's how it ties into acceptance. And, you know, this doesn't mean that we don't want to change our behaviors. What it means is that we're engaging in two things, nurturing self-compassion. And this is where we take care of ourselves when we're very gentle and fierce self-compassion. And this is when we're protecting ourselves. And this is not gentle. This is the other side. This is a flip side of self-compassion that we often don't talk about. In a recent study, self-compassion was actually more effective than traditional CBT in improving the quality of lives and well-being in people with chronic pain. So it actually worked as a way to de- decrease pain and improve well-being, which I thought was really interesting. So it'll be interesting to see if more studies come from that as well. You know, what? from what I've seen in clients and family and friends, as well as my past self, is that most of us do not engage in self-compassion. <laughs> statistically, 75% of people don't, don't engage in self-compassion. And this is mostly because people think it's selfish, right? Because we're taught to be compassionate to others when we're children. Just go back to this childhood teachings. But we're taught to be compassionate to others, but we're not really taught to be compassionate to ourselves. However, the research shows that self-compassion actually leads to increased compassion for others. So if you're not actively practicing self-compassion, I hate to say it, but you're probably actually not that compassionate to other people in your life either. You may think you are, but not to the level you could be. So I'm going to link a meditation called the kind hand meditation in the show notes for anybody who wants to practice some self-compassion. There are tons of self-compassion meditations and different practices. If you don't like meditation, there's other practices out there. You know, Dr. Kristen Neff's website is a great place to look as well, but I do recommend trying to practice some self-compassion if you're not already. Okay. So after the break, I'm going to give you a technique so that you can practice some acceptance on your own. Hey warriors, what if it was possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could take up deep sea yoga with all that free time. Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. This is definitely better than paying for delivery on all those other apps. Forget that one ingredient you needed to make that super healthy smoothie. Instacart can deliver to your front door in as little as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, getting all your favorites on a single order. Instacart even highlights deals so that you can save money. Get all the products you love, hand-selected by shoppers, based on your preferences. They'll pick the freshest produce, and they'll keep your eggs safe too. Find everything you usually buy, and get smart suggestions on new items. To get free delivery on your first order over $10, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you. And help to help support the show. With Instacart, you'll never step foot in a grocery store again.
episode on creating distance between yourself and your thoughts, you'll know that I mentioned that there are hundreds of techniques we could use to do that. And really, acceptance is no different in that regards. We can drop anchor. We've done that on the show before. We can talk about pain as your ally or teacher, which I've blogged about before back in the summer. So you can always check that out on the Chronically Living blog. We can do emotion surfing, uh, mindful naming. I've gone through some metaphors on the show before, uh, I believe such as the struggle switch and quicksand. I can't remember exactly which ones or which episodes they were in, to be honest. But I'm going to review the struggle switch metaphor for anyone who missed uh, missed the episode if I did talk about it in the past. So after I do that, I'm going to give you one of my favorite techniques that I use on myself all the time and also have had great client feedback on. So the struggle switch. Imagine that in your brain, you have a switch. In the on direction, you struggle. And in the off direction, you don't. And every time you have a difficult emotion or painful sensation, your struggle switch flips on. When it's on, we're constantly trying to distract or avoid or oppress or do all the things that bring us immediate relief, but often take us away from our values and don't bring long-term relief. When the struggle switch is on, we often end up having anxiety or sadness, or anger, or whichever emotion. And then we start to get anxiety about our anxiety or anger about our anger, and so on. What if I feel anxious forever? And then say anxiety about anxiety, well, that can turn into sadness and then anger and then head right back to anxiety. So we're basically caught in this vicious cycle. And this is exhausting, isn't it? But what if we could turn the struggle switch off? Then when anxiety or whatever other emotion shows up, instead of getting all out of sorts about it, we're able to just let the emotion be there until it passes. Now, that sounds kind of nice. It sounds a lot easier. And by the way, this is the same thing. I know I'm talking about emotions, but same thing for physical pain. I'm guessing by now you're wanting me to just give you an idea for how to turn the struggle switch off. Again, if you're in the position to be able to do so safely, let's do an acceptance practice that I refer to as observe, breathe, expand, allow. So first, I want you to just think about why accepting your emotions or pain is important to you. What will this help you with? How will it help you live your values? Let's make sure we're sitting up in a comfortable position, straight back, feet on the floor if possible. Close your eyes if it is safe for you to do so. Otherwise, just find a spot to fix your gaze on. Just take a moment to notice the feeling of your feet on the floor, the position of your back. Notice what you can see and hear and smell and taste. Be curious about your experience as if you were a small child. Notice what you're thinking and feeling and doing. Remember that there's this part of you that notices everything. And that's the part of you that we're using here today. Your mind might start to chatter, 
might try to hook you. And if it does, just use one of your unhooking skills from that episode on creating distance. So acknowledge your thoughts and unhook and refocus. Notice where your feeling starts and stops. Imagine drawing an outline around it. What shape is it? Is it 2D or 3D? Is it on the surface of your body or inside you? Where is it the most intense and the least intense? Observe it with curiosity. Is it light or heavy? Moving or still? Is it hot or cold? Notice that is likely not one sensation, but sensations within sensations. Give this feeling a name. Say to yourself, I'm noticing the feeling of X. As you notice it, breathe into it. Imagine your breath flowing directly into this feeling and all around this feeling. Keep breathing into it and around it. Start to notice how the space is opening up around this feeling. Make space for it. Expand around it. Just breathe in, open up, and expand around this feeling. Now just try to allow the feeling to be there. You don't have to like it. Just allow it. Observe it, breathe into it, expand around it, and allow it to be there. You may feel an urge to fight against the feeling. So acknowledge the urge without acting on it. Just observe the sensation. We're not trying to get rid of it. It may change on its own. And if it does, that's okay. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Imagine that the feeling is a physical object. What's its shape? Is it a liquid or solid or gas? Is it moving or still? What color is it? Is it wet or dry? Rough or smooth? Observe it curiously as you breathe into it and make space for it. Remember, you don't have to like it, just allow it to be there. Notice how much bigger you are than it is.
this feeling is telling you something important. It's telling you that you're a normal human. That there are things in life that are important to you. Now gently take one of your hands and place it on the part of your body that you feel the feeling the most. This is a kind hand, a loving hand. Let the warmth flow from your hand into your body. Just to make more room for the feeling, not to get rid of it. Just hold yourself gently. Life can be like a stage show. And on the stage, we've got your thoughts and feelings and everything you can hear, see, taste, touch, and smell. And we've dimmed the lights on the stage with a spotlight on this particular feeling. So we're slowly going to bring up the lights. And while still acknowledging this feeling, notice your arms and legs and head and neck. Notice that you can control them. Maybe take a stretch. Open your eyes and notice what you can see. Notice what you can hear. Notice that this feeling is inside a body, inside a room, and you've just done some important work. So the short version of the above is simply acknowledging and observing the feeling. So I notice the feeling of X and it looks like Y and feels like Z. Send your breath into the part of your body you feel it most. Make some space around the feeling and then just allow it to be there. And this probably sounds silly, but I actually use this all the time and it works. And by it works, I don't mean that it always makes the feeling go away. It certainly does sometimes. But instead, what it allows me to do is carry on with the important parts of my day, which is literally the whole point of acceptance. Right? I'm going to link that full version that we did uh, in the show notes as well because I do have that on my YouTube channel. So hopefully this all made sense to you guys. If not, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to DM me. I'm going to put a few more acceptance practices on Patreon this week for subscribers. So the link's going to be in the show notes for those of you who would like to support the show and get that extra content. So before we wrap up, let's just do our reflection. What did you notice about your thoughts and feelings during this episode? And, and what about during the acceptance practice we did? What are you noticing now about this noticing? Thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep making the most of it. Special thanks to Marty for the original music and Charity Williams for the original artwork. <laughs>